Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to The Blackout. We're coming to you from BellyUpSports.com, and this is a Pick'em Pod. He is Alan Denton. I am Thomas Black, and we are here for you with 14 picks worth of information, 105 points on the board this week for our prize package and everything that pertains to the contest. Alan, how are you doing today? I'm eating better than UCLA football players, fellas. (laughs) Let's jump into it, Alan. We have news and notes, as we always do, working into week eight of the competition. We've got a lot of stuff to look at this week. Not as much as last week, thankfully, but still a lot of important information. Alan, we've got Kentucky hosting Georgia, and the news coming out of Lexington, Kentucky, is that Terry Wilson is unlikely to play this weekend at quarterback for the Wildcats. He injured his throwing hand against Missouri, so we're likely to see Auburn transfer Joey Gatewood start at quarterback. Problem is, I don't know if it makes much of a difference. (laughs) No, it does not make any difference. (laughs) (laughs) Alan, as I look at this game, I'm kind of going, hey, uh, the thing is, in a confidence pick'em pool, there's a difference between like, you know, saying you're going to blow a team out because Kentucky's decent defensively and the game last year was just kind of a low scoring slugfest. But the key is you got to score points to win a game too. And honestly, I don't know that Kentucky's going to be able to do that though. Joey Gatewood may actually be a slight improvement over uh, Terry Wilson from what we've seen in recent weeks. Exactly. I mean, if he can throw the ball efficiently outside of the hashes, then, and I mean, that will be really, really important. Those wide receivers are going to have to beat Kentucky or uh, Georgia's man coverage on the outside. The bump and run is really hard to beat. And I I just, I don't see that happening. So it's going to be interesting to kind of watch that unfold because Kentucky's defense is legit. Yeah. You mentioned the wide receivers. Kentucky doesn't have a shot. (laughs) They've got Josh Ali, He's a he's a decent wide receiver. He's the best one. And after him, there's nobody showing up. Nobody's doing anything. So all Georgia has to do is line up with one dude over him and, you know, maybe shade a safety over that direction. And then they just need to stack the box. And uh, I think that'll take care of it. Alan, another one we need to look at is Mississippi State at Alabama. We've got a couple of things to look at. If you listen to our Pick'em Rewind, you already heard it. Uh, but Jalen Waddell, the star wide receiver from Alabama, broke his ankle on the opening kick return against Tennessee last week. 
That's just a devastating loss. And on the Mississippi State side, we have some things to look at as well. Kylan Hill, the star running back, is expected to opt opt out of the remainder of the season preparing for the NFL draft. Uh, That is something to watch for. It's unlikely that he's going to play again. Uh, He didn't play this past weekend either. And on top of that, Mississippi State has had a number of players leave the team just this week. Uh, Nobody really worthy of note necessarily, but just thinking about some depth issues and that kind of thing. They do have multiple players who have stepped away from the program. As Mike Leach has been talking about, hey, We've got some problems here. We've got some guys who don't care, and all of a sudden we have some guys leaving the team. Exactly. The the Pirates making them walk the plank. Alan, another one we have to look at and note is Penn State hosting Ohio State. Penn State already coming off that loss to Indiana. Man, it gets tougher. We got news this week that now second-string running back who turned into the starter once Journey Brown uh, left with an injury – Noah Kane is now out for the season. He had a lower leg injury in that game against Indiana, so he's done for the year. So that's the top two running backs out for, uh, for, for Penn State as we work our way just into the second week of the season for the Big Ten. That means Devin Ford is going to have to step up and hopefully give the Nittany Lions something to work with in the backfield with Sean Clifford. Yeah, I mean, that's just that's just brutal for them. They've lost a lot of talented guys either opting out or to injury over these past couple of weeks. And so the Penn State's hoping that in the future that Devin Ford will intentionally get across the goal line rather than (laughs) unintentionally. Alan, one of the things we have to note is we mentioned it. There are 14 games on the board this week. If you got in your picks early, you may have seen 15 on the board. And that is because Wisconsin at Nebraska has been canceled. Wisconsin coming off their win on Friday night has had a break, an outbreak of COVID-19 within their program. 12 people in the program, six players, six staff members, including head coach Paul Christ, uh, starting quarterback Graham Mertz, backup quarterback Chase Wolf is waiting on a second test to confirm his first positive test, uh, just ravaging that roster right now, especially the quarterback room. So that'll be something to watch as we get deeper into the year, but that game is off the board this week. Yeah, I mean, that's such a shame because that was going to be a really good game. More than than anything to do with um, Nebraska and Wisconsin, I think this this is an indictment again on the Big Ten. They have to cancel this game because they have no wiggle room. They have to play nine games in nine weeks. I mean, shame on them. I mean, they're they're stupid, right? Like the Big Ten's stupid for waiting this long to start and not to give themselves more time to be able to rearrange games. We talked about it. The absolute best thing you could have done is work in as many bye weeks as possible throughout the season to enable, you know, shifting of games and that kind of thing. Uh, But this is really going to be something to watch with Wisconsin because the policy in the Big Ten is if you have a positive test, you sit out 21 days. So you're talking about Graham Mertz missing three games, not just one or two. Uh, There's going to be a lot of things to watch with this one because – there are some big ramifications for testing positive of COVID-19 inside the Big Ten. Exactly. And, and it, honestly, that makes no sense whatsoever. I, I've seen people talk about that that needs to be changed and repealed because it's based off of nonsense, right? Yeah. Um, it's essentially a, a gimmick or a ploy. And, and so uh, I, I just I hate that for them. That really is tough. 
Alan, the other thing that we would have missed with this game is because Graham Mertz had already tested positive, because Chase Wolf is kind of in that realm where he was probably going to be out with a positive case as well, we could have seen fourth-string quarterback, and that's because Jack Cohn has been out with an injury as well to start the season. So they've worked all their way down. It would have been fourth-stringer Danny Vanden Boom who would have gotten the start for the Wisconsin Badgers. Oh, man. That sounds amazing. Sounds That's like a great mall cop name. <laughs> and hey, man, we may get to see him here in one of these next couple of weeks after this one. So look out for Mr. Vandenboom because uh, man, that is, that's one of the best names in all college football. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, the world will fall in love with him very quickly. <laughs> Alan, let's go ahead and jump into our picks this week. Uh, when you look at everything that happened last week, you came away with 92 points on the board. I had 91. Uh, so we put ourselves still in a pretty good position in the standings. Uh, let's go ahead and start off with our game of the week. Let's break it down a little bit. We have number three, Ohio State at number 18, Penn State. What's your thoughts and how these two teams match up? I actually think this sets up to be tighter than than many think. They have to go, Ohio State has to go on the road. Um, last week, Sean Clifford was highly inefficient. He had two picks last week, but he was also their leading rusher. And that's that's not a, a good thing. But for all intents and purposes, they really should have, have won that game. They outgained Indiana 488 to like 211 mm-hmm. and had twice the possession, but they had three turnovers. Um, and, and so that those are big stats that lead me to believe that they're going to get some of that figured out. James Franklin's not a dummy. He's a good coach. He, he finds ways to, um, to get his teams ready for the big games. I think this ends up being tighter than, um, than maybe, people think maybe not so much as, as the line, cause the lines at, at 12, uh, Ohio state's a 12 point favorite, but I could see it being around there and not being like a, a 52 to, you know, 21 kind of game. Alan, we talked about it. I mean, Penn state, despite losing to Indiana was pretty impressive. Their defense was kind of lights out throughout that whole game. You alluded to that. Uh, their offense really did perform pretty well. Uh, I think I'm looking at this one though, kind of talking about what we did in our game of the week last week in our Pick'em Rewind. We talked about how Oklahoma State has a number of guys on their roster that, hey, they're just better athletically. They're better athletes. They provide a a lot more difficulty for a defense. And what we saw from Ohio State was pretty impressive to me. Justin Fields, the wide receivers, and Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. The running backs weren't great. I think they need to get some work done there with Trey Sermon and Master T getting the running game going again. But of course, Justin Fields is always a threat there as well. I kind of like that matchup. And when you look at... Penn State and the losses they have, like we talked about already at running back, losing Journey Brown, losing Noah Kane. Uh, of course, on the defensive side of the ball, we've talked about it in past episodes as well. Micah Parsons opted out. He's not playing this year. They've lost a lot of things. So yeah, Penn State was great defensively. And you know they were pretty good offensively as well, but I think they might be limited by Ohio State in this game much more than they were against Indiana. Well, Alan, what's your thoughts on the on the pick and where you're going with it? So because of the things that you said, and I mean, Justin Fields is the model of efficiency, right? I mean, 20, 21 with two touchdowns last week, 
I've got Ohio State in that seven or eight range. So around where they would normally be purely based off of spread. Um, and, and so I'm not going to bump them up and I'm really not going to slide them down all that much though. I, I, cause I, I think that they're going to be okay. And there's really not many scenarios in my mind in which they actually lose this game. Fair enough. I like the pick. I'm going with Ohio state as well. I don't think it's that much of a reach. Uh, and in terms of value, I'm just going to hold that in my pocket for just a bit. We'll get to it here in a little while. So Alan, why don't you go ahead and show us where you're going with your first value pick? All righty, that sounds good. So my first value pick, my uh, my old lost friend, Kansas State over West Virginia. Ooh. Yeah, so Kansas State goes to uh, West Virginia this weekend, and West Virginia is actually a three-and-a-half-point favorite, which on your board, if you were to pick that, that'd be around a, a three or a four range. West Virginia loses on the road at Texas Tech last week, bringing them down to three and two. Kansas State has a lot to play for being four and oh in the Big 12. This is not a game that they can lose. Will Howard was very efficient last week against the scrimmage of the younger brother, Kansas. Um, He's won on the road in a tough environment versus a better team before when they went on the road to TCU. I think Deuce Vaughn is electric. And so I've got. Kansas State in the two to three range. I think you can get a value play there. I had a feeling you were going to be going with the Wildcats. Hey, we've talked about this. (laughs) You know, you like the Wildcats an awful lot. I've said, I I don't know. I think they're going to have some losses. I didn't know they were going to be the underdogs headed into this one. So I I haven't gotten a great feel for this one. I'm with you. I think it's low on the board either way you go. Um, I think I might be leaning towards... West Virginia and that defensive line to kind of slow down the running game, slow down Deuce Vaughn. I like the uh, passing attack. If Jarrett Dagey can actually protect the football, he's had some turnover problems a couple of times this year. Uh, I might be going with the Mountaineers, but I'm not quite settled in it. Like you said, it's going to be low on my board as well. Exactly. And I think that's in a week, which there's going to be a lot of similar picks. Right. I don't think there's going to be a ton of differentiation yeah. on a lot of these. The top, you know, nine or ten are six and a half or above spreads, like the the point favorites. So a lot of teams are going to play uh pick a lot of the same people. So I'm thinking that because of that, this is a way that you can maybe get a few points on on uh, maybe a, a Garrett or somebody up at the top. All right, Alan, for my first value pick, I'm taking a look inside the SEC. I'm looking at the Missouri Tigers going and facing the Florida Gators on the road. Now, hey, we've got some interesting things to look at with this one, Alan, because the Florida Gators have not played since October 10th. By the time we reach this weekend, that'll be three weeks off. That's because they had a large outbreak of COVID-19 after they lost their last game to Texas A&M. Allen, in that game, they were outgained by 140 yards. They gave up 205 yards rushing, 5.4 yards per carry, and the Florida Gators defense allowed 12 12 conversions on third down out of 15 attempts. Yes, that is 80% conversions on third downs from Texas A&M in that game. You flip it over and look at Missouri. Connor Bazelak has been pretty good at quarterback. He's completed 70% of his passes. Four touchdowns, only one interception. Larry Roundtree, running back last week against Kentucky, 
37 carries, 126 yards, a couple of touchdowns. I'm looking at this one going, hey, Missouri's already pulled off a win against LSU. Kind of the same thing we see with Florida where, yeah, they've got a lot of talent offensively, but they've got a lot of question marks defensively, and they've had some struggles this year, especially in that game. Look at what happened in the Missouri-LSU game. Missouri outgained LSU by over 100 yards despite going negative three in the turnover margin. They turned it over three times. LSU never did. So I'm looking at this one, Alan, and I'm going Florida is a 13-point favorite. I'm not saying they're going to lose, but I don't feel all that safe figuring that they're coming back from a layoff of three weeks, having not played a ton. We already know they have questions defensively. Man, I think Missouri's been pretty good this year. I don't really feel safe with this one. So with Florida as a 13-point favorite, they should slot in at a 9 on your board. But I'm telling you, I don't feel great about it. It's one of these ones, Alan, that I think is kind of tough. I don't think you should slide it all the way to the bottom of your board because if Florida wins it, you don't want to punish yourself by having only a point or two on it. But I'm saying, hey, I think you can slide Florida down like four spots, maybe even more. I think into the bottom five picks, just not all the way down. I like the Florida Gators to be in a much closer game than the 13-point spread indicates. I really, really like that. That's a great play. Connor Bazelike is really good as a redshirt freshman. And um, Eli Drinkowitz has overachieved with this team um, and upsetting LSU and then beating Kentucky last week. They are heading in the right direction. We saw with the only other team that's had this kind of absence over essentially a month span was North Carolina. And they almost lost to BC that day, right? After coming off nearly a month, they almost lost the Boston College. And, and so this year is going to be a little bit quirky. I agree with you in, in that you may want to bump that that baby down a little bit. That will be very interesting to watch. Alan, where are you going with your second value pick? Second value pick is staying right at home in the SEC. I'm going LSU as much more than a three-point favor favorite at Auburn. I We've talked about this. I, I think Auburn has been supremely lucky. Last week, LSU found their run game, and they found some semblance of a defense, too. They've struggled against two teams that can really throw the ball well, right? At Missouri with Connor Bazelak, could, they can, they've, at this point, they've been able to toss the tater around the yard once he came into the game. And then they also lost to, in, in the Pirates' first game, to Mississippi State. And they threw the ball, at, you know, an unbelievable amount of times for 600 and something yards. Well, here's the thing. Bo Nix can't really throw the ball accurately down the field. And so I'm thinking that that I'm bumping this thing. It, it If you're just looking at pure point spread, it should be at a two. At, with LSU being a three-point favorite. I'm bumping that thing to about a five. Ooh, I like it, Alan. I'm kind of on the same page with you, though. You look at what LSU has. Like you said, they've kind of picked up things defensively. They seem to be having a really good rhythm offensively, whether it's Miles Brennan, whether it's TJ Finley coming in at quarterback, uh, the running game's getting going. And then you look at the, at the Auburn Tigers. I've been telling you for weeks now that I don't trust this team. Bo Nix, I've never really had a lot of faith in. And the wide receivers they have, yeah, sure, they're kind of talented, but the passing game hasn't been that good. 
And uh, and if you're looking at LSU, even though they've struggled defensively, if they, they're getting better, and on top of that, man, they have Derek Stingley Jr., who can line up over Seth Williams, the top receiving target. You know, there's other guys as well, but I think LSU has the athletes at defensive back that can really help out this matchup. They can stack some guys in the box where, you know, Bigsby with... Auburn has kind of gotten some things going. Maybe that's the better part of the offense, but I think LSU will be able to stack up the box a little bit, kind of slow that down, and I like their offense against Auburn's defense. Agreed. Stingley being able to to lock down Seth Williams pretty much by himself is a really big deal, and that gives them the flexibility to stack the box, which they'll need to do because Tank Bigsby has been really good the past couple weeks. He sure has. Allen, for my second value pick, I already alluded to it. I'm going back to our game of the week, Ohio State at Penn State. I agree with a bunch of what you said, Alan. Uh, I think this game could be closer than uh, we've seen in recent years between Ohio State and Penn State. But the bottom line is I just have more faith in Ohio State's offense with Justin Fields, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, the backs and Teague and Sermon. I have some questions offensively for Ohio uh, for Penn State. The thing is for me, they looked pretty good against Indiana, but against better athletes, a better coach team in Ohio State, I'm wondering if Ohio State can really limit some of the things that Penn State has done. And hey, Sean Clifford just doesn't do it for me when I'm thinking about what it takes to beat an Ohio State team as talented as they are. I know the defense, we're still maybe figuring out if if they're really going to be elite or not. Of course, uh, the, the, the things they lost from last year with Chase Young and those guys departing to the NFL, I have some questions, but I just don't have enough faith in this Penn State offense to do enough, to score enough points, to think that they're even going to come close to winning this game. So, Alan, I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout, but what I am saying is, hey, this thing might be close. It might be within a couple of scores, like the spread's indicating, like you said, at a 12-point favorite for the Buckeyes. But what I'm telling you is, even though I'm not projecting this one to get out of hand, I am saying, kind of like you said, that I don't have any any issue with believing that Ohio State wins this game comfortably, even if it's a 10-point game or a 14-point game, maybe 17, something like that. I think Ohio State's in control of this game the whole way. So even though I think there's some games that have higher potential for getting out of control with bigger leads for some teams, I'm saying, hey, take Ohio State as a 12-point favorite at either a 7 or an 8 on the board according to the spread. And I'm saying, hey, I'm just going to boost them up because I don't have any doubt that they're going to win this game, even if it might end up being closer than some other ones. I'm taking Ohio State, and I'm boosting them up to double digits on my board, Alan. Honestly, it's hard to to blame you in looking at at the fact that it's almost inconceivable – to think that Ohio State doesn't win this game, right? <laughs> if I really think so, and I think that spreads about right. So I have no problems bumping that game and sliding it up a couple of spots, especially if it replaces that Florida game that you're going to slide down, right? Absolutely. That's one of the ones that I am putting down below Ohio State because, hey, we've seen it with Florida. They've been kind of sketchy, and I'm, I'm just not sure. You know, maybe I'm proven wrong and they, you know, they blow out Missouri. Maybe they win very comfortably, but that's where I'm saying, hey, slide them down the board just in case because, you know, I'm not saying again that Missouri's going to win it, uh, but I just feel a little bit uneasy with this Florida team. And it, it feels better to me dropping them down, you know, to a four or five on the board and saying, hey, even if they win, I cushion it a little bit. I still pick up some points, but 
I, I don't want to be on the wrong end of that one because we've seen, Alan, there are a number of people looking at Florida this year, and they've been putting Florida up near the top of their boards consistently. I think we're going to see more of that this week. And I think if you want some value, I think that you're looking that for a game uh, in Florida and Missouri that you know could be very, very close going down to the wire. I'm with you there because Missouri has a good enough defense to be able to slow down Florida and maybe cause a couple of turnovers. And they certainly have the offense at this point that against that Florida defense to keep it close for a while, at least. Absolutely. Alan, one of the other things that we have to talk about is we have a bunch of games, like you talked about already, that have double digit favorites and a lot of them that are a touchdown or more. So, This week, more than last week, because we have 14 games on the board instead of 15 and we've got a lot of big favorites, there is a chance that we could see some people kind of flirt with an unbeaten record this week with 14 games on the board. And what that means is if you can find a way to manage to go 14-0 and this week, and of course that could drop with another cancellation or postponement, uh, but if you go undefeated with whatever games are on the board, then you get your name entered into a drawing for a prize pack from Manscaped. There is a ton going on here on the Blackout with giveaways and prizes that you can win along the way, but the weekly prizes are are where you can find some luck, even if you're not in contention for the grand prize overall. So, Alan, a lot of cool stuff going on with the stuff with Manscaped and our weekly prizes, and we'll even have some more stuff like that uh, coming up in November with some other opportunities to win prizes from some other sponsors here with Belly Up Sports. Exactly. I don't know why you wouldn't want to be a part of it. Alan, anything else on your side that we need to address as we go into an exciting Week 8 in the contest? No, sir. Best of luck. I, I don't have a, uh, a a team in the race this week, so I get to kick back and watch all these games. Absolutely. It's going to be great. Of course, as always, you can rate and review the show. You can do that on Apple iTunes. You can do that on Facebook. Five-star reviews are important, and they help this show grow bigger and stronger along the way. And of course, you can find us on social media. You can find The Blackout on Facebook and on Twitter at the Blackout Pod. Like it on Facebook. Uh, follow us on Twitter. That is important as well. And you can follow Alan on Twitter at AD on the Blackout. You can follow me on Twitter at TB on the Blackout. Alan, thank you so much for your time, sir. Yeah, guys. That was fun, man. All right. We'll check you out next week when we get back with you on another Pick'em Rewind and a Pick'em Pod right here on the Blackout. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.